This is Coast to Coast. I'm Carol Masser. We are here every day bringing you the latest news from the world of business and finance and the most interesting stories in global technology from Silicon Valley and beyond, powered by our more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. You can download Coast to Coast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to our radio show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio. Put your makeup on. All right, everybody. Elected in November 27, he took over as mayor of Atlantic City with the state of New Jersey in charge of the city's dire finances. And now with two new venues opening this year, jobs being created, projections are for the highest casino tax revenue in eight years, some $238 million. It's a figure not reached since 2010. We are talking Atlantic City. Frank Gilliam is mayor of Atlantic City. Join us on site at Tanger Outlets here in the city. Hi. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I said when you sat down, I said, so how's the job going? It's awesome. It's <laughs> Tell awesome. me about that you come into it. You know the history of this city, but you also see kind of what's coming. Um, that's one of the advantages of being a native. You can almost feel when certain things are going to happen. And um, we were poised to have a ebb, as many organizations and many towns have. But Atlantic City is probably resilient in terms of making its way back. And we saw that we had hit our lowest in 2014 and things weren't looking so bright financially as well as a few casinos closing. But when you have uh, a historical town like Atlantic City, we knew that at some point it would basically reach a pinnacle and figure out what we needed to do to revitalize ourselves. Mayor Killiam, I'm thinking people are going to say, listen, I've heard this story about Atlantic City coming back over and over and they've made some attempts, but it's been really difficult to do. What's different this time around? Um, we're sitting in a place called Hard Rock. It's pretty um, impressive. That, that, that one of the one of the keystone um, figures as to how we knew the Atlantic City was going to come back is when you bring in a brand like Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if it was any other brand, that skepticism or what have you, in, in gaming coming back or the town coming back may be different. But because you have a such a, a solid company like Hard Rock coming into the market, um, added that confidence, I think, to. Um, the gaming industry. At the same time, we also begin to see the importance of bringing those jobs back. Well, talk to us about this. Very timely on a day where we weigh in, the government weighs in on the national uh, labor picture and the unemployment rate, really low, very upbeat on a national basis. I had some data, Atlantic City uh, unemployment rate, I think back in March, 7.2%, staying above it. So pretty much double what we're seeing nationally. How do you take what's going on and make sure you put the surrounding area, the folks who live here in Atlantic City, back to work? Well, um, Hard Rock came into the market and actually uh, changed the game immediately in terms of how they uh, are a corporate citizen. Um, they came in and they started to do job training programs. They had uh, several different community uh, uh like conversations, outreaches, yeah. and things of that nature. So you can begin to see where folks are gravitating towards an organization like Hard Rock because they're showing that they care. For, my, for me, it's always to make sure that when someone new comes into the market, they realize it's just not about their silo. It's about the entire community, and Hard Rock has done that. I think that's a really good point, that you don't want it to be just a silo here, right? Because, you know, I read tons of stories. You know, you go a few blocks, and you get away from the outlets and so on and the casinos, and it's a pretty rough neighborhood. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of people living in poverty. How far do you think you can take the success of this? I think um, my, my slogan is, why not? Um, Atlantic City's uh, potential is 
unbeknownst of any of us. Uh, we've known that Atlantic City has basically had its ups and downs, but I really feel that because of the uh, closing of certain casinos, we've right-sized ourselves in terms of gaming. But have also given us the opportunity to begin to look at how we brand ourselves as a family destination. And Stockton would actually bring that type of energy. And then we were also fortunate to have a corporate um, entity, South Jersey Industry, come into the market, giving us an outlook as to what the boardwalk and the beachfront could basically look like. I mean, this is key, right, to the sustainability and future of Atlantic City. It cannot just be about gaming anymore. No, it's, it, it, we, we weren't learned our lection, lesson. Anyone knows that when you go to invest, you don't basically invest all your money in one sector. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlantic City learned a, a very important lesson by depending on gaming alone. And as gaming goes and comes, uh, we found ourselves at the bottom of the pit. But we're, we're rebound, rebounding because we realize that diversifying and bringing in other entities will give us the necessary balance that we need. So what kind of conversations are you having with the governor? As you know, <laughs> Atlantic City, um, their financial, their finances are being overseen by the state. The, the, what kind my, of conversations? How often are you talking to him? What do you anticipate to when you get to take control of that again? Well, well I, I talk to... Um, the governor probably once every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to the lieutenant governor a little more frequently, frequent because she's the uh, commissioner of the DCA. But I'm constantly in conversation with them. Um, we're having a meeting this Tuesday to figure out what new uh, direction the city and uh, state's going to go in. I believe that it's going to be much more fruitful than we've ever imagined. I know that certain things take time, but um, I'm very optimistic that Atlantic City and State of New Jersey will have a, a workable relationship. What's key to making now? Again, I'm thinking about our listeners saying, "Come on, folks! I've heard this story. I've seen it. I, you know, we've got other well, cities around the nation that are you know trouble too, like a, like Newark and well, so on and so forth. Well, What's different? I, I think. Or what um, has to happen to make it I, work? I think Atlantic City has to become a very um, friendly um, business atmosphere. I think that the city of Atlantic City and other folks that have basically sat in my seat haven't really had a business mindset. Um, we've been here. Um, down in the 609 thinking that we could figure it out uh the market actually figures that out uh i'm going to be one of those administrators that understand that i need to be listening to the market opposed to having government try to control the market and i think that that's one of the ways that we know that we'll be bringing in the breast and brightest what are, what are businessmen tell you telling you just quickly like 10 15 seconds what do they want to see they want to see uh, fast track and permits. They want to basically know that when they come to the city, they can basically go to one particular place and not have to run around. Um, they also want to realize that, that this government will be um, in support of them. When we say we're in partnership, we, they, they'll know that we're there to the end. And I believe that uh, we basically show that thus far. Well, as a Jersey girl, I'm rooting for you because I want to see all of our cities in Jersey. I appreciate you. Doing Thank well. You. And you have a great weekend. Mayor Frank Gilliam, he's mayor of Atlantic City. On site at Tangra Outlets in Atlantic City. Everybody, rising out of the ashes, some might say, from the old Trump Taj Mahal Casino here in Atlantic City. The Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, it opens June 28th. It's a hotel, it's a casino, it's a performance venue, it's lots of things. Jack Morris and Joe Gingoli. Yes. Did I say it right? I didn't check. Got it right. <laughs> Co-partners of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, live with us at Tanker Outlets in Atlantic City. I've been talking about other stuff I forgot to check. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thank you. Tell Thank us, you. Tell us about a casino in Atlantic City when you know the history, when things have been rough. How come you decided to do it? Well, we always believe in, first of all, the state that we were born and raised, and that's New Jersey. We believe in New Jersey, believe in Atlantic City. And Atlantic City was prime for 
some rehabilitation, prime for someone coming in and turning this place around. We think we have the right team, and we're here to turn around. Well, this is what I was talking with the mayor about. Like, what is it different that you think, because rehabilitation has been tried before, what is different this time around? I'd say, you know, timing is everything. Um, the millennials want to be back in cities. The um, the uh, the Taj Mahal came up for sale. Yeah. And it was really, you know, Jack's like, let's buy a casino. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so like now. me going out saying, honey, I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes? <laughs> and, you know, one of the things we've been saying like is, that. look, at it's, uh, he said, this is the bottom. And, you know, the thought yeah. at that time was the bottom looks scary. But now it all looks different right now, looking back. And most really smart investors, like a Warren Buffett, would say that's when you want to go in and do something at the bottom. Tell me about what it was like, because the casino at that point was owned by Carl Icahn, correct? That's yes, right. it was. Tell me about that process. Well, you know, we understood that Carl wanted to uh, divest of the uh, Taj. And when I heard that, um, I thought it would be a good opportunity to contact him. And see if, in fact, he wanted to sell it. So I did. Was it easy? Was he just so... Re- I know he had had some problems with unions. I got to tell you, um, <laughs> he, Carl was a gentleman uh, to deal with. I uh, thought it was a great experience. And for me to have the opportunity to uh, be able to be at the same table with him and make a deal with him was, uh, was just something that was uh, a real honor to be able to do for me in my career. So I, I thank him and... And his whole team. It was a and, real honor. And we have a great relationship with organized labor yeah. for, for my whole career. Uh, we, we know the uh, local 54 people really well. You know, we've worked with them in the past. And the building trades, um, we've had a you know, couple of generations of relationships with them. So right. we understand organized labor in the local market and felt very comfortable. Which is crucial to, to be able to do something. Could not have done it without them. Tell me how you're going to do it. It was interesting that you mentioned millennials. And I've been reading about what you guys are doing. And I do feel like you're, you're doing a different approach. It's not just predominantly gaming. It's really about a lot of performance spaces. I mean, you guys going to have acts a lot of acts 300 that's a lot yeah yeah it's going to be amazing it's gonna be a lot of entertainment it's going to be new entertainment and also um i think our involvement with uh with the people that live in the city mm-hmm. and jobs um almost 25 percent of our new workforce are atlantic city residents um the uh local 54 in conjunction um with the state and the CRDA, we're going to have a What's job. The C- CRDA? The Casino Redevelopment Authority. Thank you. <laughs> Some of our local acronyms yeah. um, are all getting together to have training programs here in the city where people who live here can, can come and in 30 days uh, be environmental, which is you know our housekeeping staffs um, for the whole industry. Right. 60 days culinary. Uh, things, are, things are changing. We're doing it a little differently, and, and we think... All of our peers um, and the other properties are all on board, so it's, it's going to be exciting times. You know, I hear things about, like, making this more of a family destination and so on. I mean, how do you see it? Well, you've got great beaches. you got great access. Uh, the restaurants, the shops, look where we're at here. There's a lot to do, and we believe you got the, I don't know, third or fourth largest Ferris wheel in the country here. Just redone. Uh, just redone. Um the boardwalks. I mean, I, I remember coming here as a as a kid with my grandparents, and uh, it, it's just an iconic place. Some great history. Great history. Speaking of history, the Hard Rock I think has a great history, and I think it's a it's a you know we talk about branding all the times, and it's a it's a brand that has held its own you know over the years. I mean, I remember you know I think the first time I went to the Hard Rock in the city mm-hmm. <laughs> as a student. Um, t- 
tell me about taking the Taj Mahal, which had a very distinct identity. From what I understand, you guys gutted it completely inside. Tell me about that process. Well, you know, the process started with really coming up with the Hard Rock theme, and uh, they did an amazing job. The architects, their designers, their entire team did an amazing job um, just coming up with what they do best, and that's uh, being the Hard Rock brand. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean, though, in, in a casino property? On a casino property, you know, it, first of all, it could not just be uh, new carpet and paint and, you know, the old Taj Mahal. They wanted to, yeah. the Hard Rock team, Jim Allen, wanted to make sure that when you came in there, you knew that this property was a Hard Rock property, just not the old Taj Mahal with, again, you know, a new dress on it. This is completely gutted, redone, all the rooms, uh, all the restaurants, brand new. Uh, the casino floor, everything. It's going to be an experience that you'll never have seen anywhere uh, around here like this. And the buzz that's going on is just amazing. And the way the Hard Rock uh, treats their employees, trains their employees, the way they feel a part of, mm. and, you know, with music sort of weave through everything. And as, as I know there was some music rocking in here before we got going. We had to shut it off for on air. <laughs> there is always music rocking. If you come in the building right now, we have a 1,000 construction workers, and we encourage them to play their music. Right. It's... Um, it gives a real esprit de corps. I mean, people are happy, they're buzzing, and, and, and that's how they're going to treat our guests, and our guests are going to want to come back. Ten seconds. Are the rooms booked for the opening, or what What are you seeing yet? The rooms are booked. They're, they're, I don't think I can get a room. 70%, 80%, 90%? I think we were told we had to book our room right away. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That's it's pretty cool. It's great. Come back and let us know how things are going. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Jack Morris, Joe Gingoli, he's their co-partners at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Atlantic City, and joining us right here on Bloomberg Radio. So if you don't feel so high, go out to some Jersey spot. Ah, yes, we are in some Jersey spot, Atlantic City to be exact. And I'm here with uh, Bernie McSherry. He's dean of the Jersey City-based New Jersey City University School of Business, former governor of the New York Stock Exchange, here with us on site at Tenger Outlets in Atlantic City. Nice to have you here with us. Thanks for having me. We actually live in the same hometown. Yeah, we do. And <laughs> we came all the way here to finally have a conversation. <laughs> That's right down the parkway. <laughs> hey, listen, Atlantic City has been, still is, a one-industry town. You say the city, though, is indeed in the midst of a revival. How so? Yeah, well, you can just just walk around the streets here right now. You can see construction cranes. Uh, buildings are being renovated. They're going up. And everybody's waiting to see what happens with sports betting. Right? What, I, I can imagine what it's going to be like here on a Sunday during the football season when people come from all over this area. That is going to be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely will be. Uh, you see what happens in Vegas. People make events out of it. It's televisory. People go to watch television and place bets in, right. in a in a lively, exciting atmosphere, and I think you bring all those people here and just think about the ripple effects all the way back out through the center part of the state. Well, what kind of crowd does it have to attract, Bernie, in order for it to be not, to, to kind of have reverberations, if you will, through the economy? Because you really want people to come here and then spend money. Yeah, the money here and the money on the way. Think about <laughs> yeah. what Atlantic City used to be 20 years ago. There were buses all up and down the parkway coming in. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. Will there something something like that happen? I think they'd probably like to see more limousines coming down the parkway to bring uh, bring the players. Well, in a younger generation, I was just talking, you know, with Jack and Joe about it in terms of, and, and also with the mayor, you know, attracting that millennial generation, folks who are younger come down and might be then coming down 
for years or decades. Yeah, we've seen that in, in terms of the way that some of the uh, casinos are having different kinds of pool parties and things like that that you've seen in Vegas, but we haven't seen quite as much here in Atlantic City. I think you're going to see a lot more of that action to, to just attract that younger demographic. Um, I'm a Jersey girl, proud yeah. of it. Um, and I look at the Jersey economy, <laughs> the tax structure, mm. lots of taxes. Um, what do you see when you look at the New Jersey economy right now? You know, it's 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 a vibrant economy, but you know, it's so dependent on factors that are not necessarily something that comes to mind. Like, for instance, down here, it's about the weather. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if the weather's not good over the summertime, the 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 tourism economy, which is so important in the southern part of the state, disappears. So let's hope that we don't get the rainy, cold weather we've had over the last several weeks. Well, that's a good point because uh, you know I was reading some things about saying how you know they're trying to you know you want to kind of recreate Vegas here if you could right especially with the sports betting now allowed. What's tough is you've got some really cold, nasty months in the winter. I know these East Coast winters; they're tough. Um, is that going to make it more difficult to make Atlantic City really come back? Yeah, I think they're going to have to come up with some interesting programming and counter-programming, I guess, to fight against the weather perception. Uh, I think if you have events down here that are exciting, whether it's entertainment, whether it's uh, sporting events, things like that, I think they'll get people here. People have kind of forgotten about Atlantic City, and, and they're starting to remember it again. In, in the way that maybe Jersey City was forgotten for a long time, and now it's having an amazing redevelopment. It is really interesting that you say that, because I was having conversations with some of the folks here um, and said, I, I really, it amazed me how, how long that Jersey City stayed quiet. And then all of a sudden you do have one developer come in. And, and is that necessary? Maybe that's what happens here with the, with the folks from Hard Rock coming in? Yeah, it could be that way. I mean, Jersey City, you know, there were real estate uh, abatements and tax breaks that were given. But, you know, one of the pieces that was needed was transportation. They built a light rail network throughout mm-hmm. the city. Now they're attracting millennials from across the river, and they're just amazing construction sites all over the city. What about the new tax law, the tax overhaul, in terms of how it certainly hit some of those blue states a lot in terms of the property deductions uh, where you tend to have higher property taxes? How is that going to impact overall New Jersey? Yeah, it's hard to see that it's going to be anything good in the long run. Um, Anytime you raise the cost of any goods or service, uh, even real estate, it's it's going to reduce demand at that price point. I think uh, we don't really know exactly how it's going to play out, but I have a feeling some of the the appreciation we've seen in the real estate market recently is going to slow down and perhaps top out a little bit for a while as people adjust. Right, right. There has to be a period of adjustment. We're talking a lot about Atlantic City. Another city that I find in New Jersey that has a tough time coming back is Newark. And we've often talked about the revitalization of Newark. And there's some well-known companies there. There's a lot going on. What do you see as the future of Newark? Well, it depends on whether Amazon decides to go over there. The headquarters there. That's are not. a big deal, right? It is a big deal. I mean, they're they're projecting fifty thousand jobs right as a result of that initial move. And think about just the multiplier effect of all those jobs throughout the area. Amazon's already got a subsidiary there in Audible, right? And uh, they're having a good experience. It's got a good housing stock. Uh, there's great downtown facilities and educated workforce. They're going to all get there by train. So I think they have a shot. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> As a New Jersey guy. Um, just got about 30 seconds left here. You guys have come up with an index of New Jersey's top 50 companies to reflect uh, the state's economy. Um, tell us about that index and what it shows us. Yeah, it's the NJCU New Jersey 50 index. It was d- developed by uh, Professor Chris Versace and in our student investment group, and it measures the it's a barometer of, of sorts for the New Jersey state economy. Yeah. So it's got stocks from all over the or companies from all over the state, uh, from Johnson and Johnson and Campbell's all the way down to smaller Valley Bank and and, and a couple of ADP. You name them, and the idea is to give a, a representative sampling of New Jersey, the economy, uh, how it's performing, and uh, we hope that it becomes shorthand for a way to look at 
how things are going here business-wise in the state. This is where your New York Stock Exchange experience yeah, comes there in. there you go. <laughs> Maybe somebody will start an ETF and based on it one day. There's an ETF for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bernie, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate your time. Take Bernie care. McSherry, Dean of the uh, New Jersey City University School of Business. talk about building up cities and doing development projects in and around New Jersey. John Sartor is CEO and president of PS&S, an architecture and engineering firm. He's worked on the development of Atlantic City's Borgata Hotel and Casino, uh, other construction projects in Atlantic City, as well as other parts of New Jersey. Joining us here at Tanger Outlets in AC. Nice to have you here with us. I love talking about construction development. Tell me, you know, it's funny, we were talking a lot about... um, because you've worked in Hoboken and developed the waterfront, and I, you know, we've talked about Jersey City. You know, it, it struck me: why do some places sit dormant for so long, even though you know ultimately they're going to take off? Because I think about Jersey City, Hoboken, the proximity to, proximity to New York City. Why does it take so long sometimes? So, Carol, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. So, well, you know, it, it's interesting that a lot of areas have gone through changes. And so those you mentioned Jersey City and Hoboken. And for so many years, there were very strong port facilities for the New Jersey, for New Jersey. Right. And so they were heavily developed, heavily industrialized. And, you know, the transformation of space like that from what it was, that port, heavy port intense use, which was built on different ty- different types of buildings that really couldn't be renovated, uh, the population just wasn't there. It just takes a lot of time. And it, sometimes it really takes people with a vision to get in there early and take the risk uh, to really make a change like that happen. And then once that momentum kicks in, you see what happens. So Hoboken and Jersey City, look at them today mm-hmm. versus we, like, like we just talked about, twenty yeah. year, even 20 years ago. Right. The changes are just incredible. Um, but it does take, it takes a cooperation also, I think, of the public and the private sectors working together closely to make uh, projects like that successful. Well, I think that leads us great to Atlantic City in a wonderful way, sets it up, because you've worked on projects in Atlantic City. Um, I keep hearing it's different this time around, right? We know <laughs> it's gone through a lot of phases and ups and downs. What do you see that's happening that you think maybe makes it more promising so I think in terms of Atlantic City, Atlantic City again. I mean, if you go back to the heyday in the you know, the twenties and thirties and things like that, it was just an amazing place for people to come visit and vacation and spend time. And it was really a destination uh, that changed over time, and and there was a need to bring back that destination concept. And that started in the seventies, the late seventies. Right. You know, we uh, we actually worked with Steve Wynn back then on the Golden Nugget, and yeah, and so we saw that wave. And so the seventies and the eighties, we saw we we were doing a lot down here. Um, you know, PSS is involved in all those early stages. Uh, but I think what we're seeing now is... And that's 40, 50 years ago? Yeah, yeah. My dad wow. was down here. He was yeah. working. That's, we're actually celebrating our 40th anniversary of our office in Atlantic City. Wow. So, uh, yeah. But what, what, what I think you have now is you have some really strong uh, believers in New Jersey. I mean, the Hard Rock is, is being built out with some great people. I know they were on earlier today. Half a billion dollars in investment. Absolutely. And they're, you know, Jamal and, and Joe Jingoli and Jack Morris, all Jersey guys. And I think that take, that's part of it. I think there's people that need to be uh, vested beyond just the financial investment. You know, I think that's part of it. Uh, but then also I think a big change has been the scale of what's been built over the last 20 years here in Atlantic City. Um, it, you know, the, the Borgata Hotel, which we worked on, Harris. The, mm-hmm. I mean, the scale of these is more of the, the Las Vegas style. And so it can create more of a destination opportunity. You can come spend multiple days here, with, and there's enough to do, you know. 
uh, I think part of the change, and, and with that, I apologize, is all, it's all the jobs. Yeah. And so now you have a lot of job creation, and, and now there's there's housing, you know, that there's housing stock that's coming available, and um, that's driving. You're some really seeing something different. I think we will. I think we will. I think uh, you have you have the combination of the hotel casinos. You have a combination of what's going on. Uh, with Stockton University and bringing in mm-hmm. uh, more of the the twenty four seven type, you know, right. with, with students and you have South Jersey Gas. There's some, headquarters something about an educational economy. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that that vibrancy and that change in demographic is going to help a lot too. Um, you do do a lot of work near the water. Yes. What is it about the waterfront that you find either engaging or productive? So it, it's amazing that profitable. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, typically for us we do a lot of work in the cities and around. So here in Atlantic City, you mentioned Hoboken, Jersey City, the whole Edgewater, that whole waterfront right. uh, down in Camden. We do a lot down there. Uh, it seems that just people really want to, especially here, you know. Shore for us. Mm-hmm. Again, born and raised, yeah. went to the shore my whole life. That's right. Uh, we didn't go to the beach. We went down the shore. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but that's just something exciting to do, you know. And, and it brings people uh, to to that place, and again, creates that sense of destination and, and vacation atmosphere, and smelling the salt air, and it just it changes. Sort Wait, of. Well, people coming into your offices. Where is it in New Jersey that they're most talking about in terms of development? A lot of the cities. A lot of the cities we're seeing. It's very... Uh, Newark, we, too? You know, yep. I was just going to go to Newark. So yeah. we have a Newark office also. And uh, very much uh, of a focus right now for people in a lot of different areas uh, between the university system with NGIT mm-hmm. and with uh, Rutgers and uh, the Rutgers Business School. Uh, you have uh, a lot of commitment from the big uh, Prudential and yeah. the Prudential Center, very committed to New Jersey and to helping build, rebuild uh, Newark. Uh, and with that, again, you're getting folks changing, hopefully, from a day city to more of a, 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 a folks living in the city. Right. And Amazon so would be a game that. changer if it came to Without Newark. a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think that would be an incredible, incredible thing for New Jersey, for Newark. Uh, in particular, I think it would just create with the job creation and then de- driving yeah. that demand of 24-7 operation is gonna, would change it. It really would. John, nice to talk with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Have nice a great weekend. John you too. Sartor, he's CEO and president of PSNS, uh, on site with us here at Tangra Outlets in Atlantic City. Guest started his career in Atlantic City's gambling halls. Today, Jim Allen is chairman of Hard Rock International, CEO of Seminole Gaming, overseeing all operations of Hard Rock International. I hope I've got the numbers right because I found 74 countries, 177 cafes, 24 hotels, 11 casinos, plus Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, a gaming industry veteran for nearly 40 years, seeing it from uh, both the operator and regulatory sides. And he joins us on the phone from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, Jim, great to have you here with us. Did I get the numbers right? Close enough? Yeah, Carol, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the numbers were pretty close. I actually think now we're in 75 countries, but, you know, one either way always is moving. You guys are definitely moving, and you're definitely growing. Um, you're a Jersey guy, deep roots in Atlantic City. You began as a cook at Bally's Park Place. Tell me about what New Jersey means to you, what gaming means to you, what Atlantic City means to you. Well, you know, as you mentioned, I, I did start my career there back in December of 1979. Um, obviously, was very fortunate to, you know, grow through the ranks, you know, of the industry as it expanded very rapidly. Uh, most people don't realize, but Atlantic City is still the second largest gaming market in the United States. And um, I think there's some uh, great days in the future for the market itself. 
Why do you say that specifically? And I know, you know, you're certainly invested in what's going on here in Atlantic City now with the Hard Rock. But tell me what specifically. I keep asking everybody who's coming on. I think the first, the, the, the first issue is, number one, um, New Jersey still has, you know, the second most competitive tax rate in the country. And when we look at the CRDA and the dollars that can be paid into the CRDA to be reinvested back into Atlantic City and in some cases back to your specific properties, you know, that, that's very attractive. Um, secondly, you know, there's depending upon the mile radius, you're between 25 and 30 million people within a two and a half to three and a half hour drive. And mm-hmm. those demographics um, certainly are as strong as any in the country. You mentioned the CRDA, of course, the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. I think in years past, though, money was raised, but it didn't get plowed back into Atlantic City. What guarantees does everybody here in this community have that that happens this time around? I think that the um, the mindset of starting with the city government itself, county government, state government, um, realized that Atlantic City, you know, came very, very close to a catastrophic situation three or four years ago. And if casinos are not successful and if entertainment is not successful, then obviously um, the burden on the local tax base and county tax base is tremendous. So I truly believe there is a new spirit of cooperation um, between all of those aspects of of government, including uh, the CRDA. You know, it's interesting, too, um, talking with Jack Morris and Joe Gingoli earlier uh, and talking about bringing the Hard Rock to Atlantic City. They did talk about doing it differently. It's not just about gaming, but it's, you know, obviously an an entertainment venue. Uh, It's also targeting a younger generation. You guys are doing it differently. Well, you know, um, the Hard Rock brand has been around since 1971, and it's not a brand that is isolated um, to just gaming. It's something that, as we mentioned a moment ago, you know, it has a global brand recognition, and it really is a brand about entertainment. So whether it's live music, whether it's Broadway shows, whether it's the world's largest collection of music memorabilia, I I honestly don't know of any other gaming hospitality company that's more involved in philanthropic efforts than Hard Rock, and and I can't take credit for that because, frankly, it was doing it uh, long before I became involved, you know, back in late 2000. So um, I think it's just a different brand that people follow globally. And our business model is not based upon just getting, you know, a $50 bus customer to come to Atlantic City. It's a totally different business model. And that's and that's really key, right? Because those folks have been coming down and, and for, for years or were coming down for years, and that didn't sustain uh, the economy here. This is about going after different people. I think it's going after uh, not necessarily different people, but just a different philosophy of entertainment. Um, Mm -hmm. Atlantic City, I think, felt trapped to putting a slot machine anywhere it could. And when you look at, you know, the comparisons between the Atlantic City properties and, say, the Las Vegas properties owned by the same companies, whether that was Harris or Showboat or Bally, just go right down the list, including Steve Wynn, the Atlantic City properties are actually more profitable. Um, But unfortunately, there was not a reinvestment back into the product Mm -hmm. and into the infrastructure of Atlantic City. So hopefully, you know, with the amazing success that Borgata has had, uh, the recent success that Golden Nugget and Tropicana has has had, you know, with Caesars properties, you know, the um, Harris and Caesars coming out of bankruptcy. uh, Obviously, Morris Bailey, you know, they have just amazing story next door at resorts. 
you know, there's, there's a lot of really positive things happening. So our goal is not just to steal that existing business, but to make people more aware that there is a lot to do. Um, and still, mm-hmm. obviously, the natural, you know, um, amenities such as the beach, the boardwalk and all those things are still there, which are, you know, still obviously very attractive. Jim, just got about a minute left. What impact will the recent uh, Supreme Court decision allowing states to have legalized sports betting have on casinos? Will the Hard Rock bring, will will there be sports betting at the Hard Rock? You know, we have certain um, restrictions under our agreements with the Miami Dolphins and our partnership there, and obviously the NFL. It does not prohibit us to be involved in sports betting, but we actually can't take the bet, if you will. So we'll have to work with our relationships, but we do believe that the legalization of sports betting is a real compliment to the state of New Jersey. They fought the battle for, for literally decades, and obviously now all the money that's being wagered in these illegal you know, bookie operations can now be properly regulated and obviously um, give a benefit to the taxpayers. Bottom line, it's a positive. I believe it's a positive. All right. Good stuff. Hey, listen, thanks so much uh, for carving out some time for us today. Jim Allen, he is the chairman of Hard Rock International, CEO of Seminole Gaming, joining us on the phone from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes, indeed. We're not too far from the sea. In fact, here in Atlantic City uh, and the boardwalk, boardwalk, excuse me, the famed boardwalk, we want to talk a little bit about what's going on, revitalization uh, that the city is working on, rebranding the city. Bob Zito is founder of the public relations and marketing firm Zito Partners. He works with clients on branding, and before that, he worked on branding strategies at the New York Stock Exchange, at Sony, at Bristol-Myers Squibb, joining us at uh, Tanker Outlets in Atlantic City. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me, Carol. Yeah, listen, this has been fun to kind of talk about what's going on and you know what I've been asking everybody I'm like come on we've been here before trying to remake uh, Atlantic City it hasn't happened can it be rebranded can it change yeah I think it can so the biggest biggest thing a brand needs is trust the trust Mm -hmm. of the people who will come there who will experience that brand and I think as I've seen people now starting to come back into Atlantic City they trust that the experience they have is getting better we're here in this beautiful shopping complex, Tanger Outlets. People, I mean, great, great brands but on Tanger's display. But Tanger's been here for a while. Tanger has been, but now I, as I talk to people here, it's getting more and more business. People are coming back to Atlantic City. When you see a property like Hard Rock coming in, that to me is really going to change the dynamic. How come? Because I feel, and I heard Jim say that, well, we're not really attracting a different audience. I think they really will. I really think Hard Rock is going to attack, attract the 20-something-year-old, the 30-something-year-old who probably has never really thought about coming to Atlantic City. Right. But now with the with the entertainment that Hard Rock will bring, those people will be here. And it won't just be weekends. It'll be weeknights as well. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. I could go to New York City and see a lot of places. I can go to Philadelphia and see a lot of, you know, performers. What 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 is it going to be different here? Well, you can't see them in a venue like some of these casinos have, and especially the one that I've seen that Hard Rock has, a 7,000-person per venue. So kind of intimate. You're going to be somewhat intimate with major acts. So would you rather see, uh, would you rather see Carrie Underwood at Madison Square Garden with twenty thousand of your closest friends, or in this beautiful facility down here of seven thousand people? Right. Where I think the experience is going to be much better. Plus, you go into the city. Yes, you can go out to a great restaurant. Right. But you're walking all over the city. You know the hotel prices in the city are going to be a lot higher than they are here in Atlantic City. But it's not going to be cheap here either. It's not going to be cheap, but I think you can probably get deals down here that you won't get in New York or in Philadelphia. And plus, with the convention space that they have here and the entertainment that Hard Rock will bring in, 
I really think the city will be more vibrant during the day, making the experience much better for people who come, and thus elevating the brand. Bob, let me ask you, though, is it just this core part where we are, or does it have to be the greater Atlantic City area that also has to improve so that you, you don't kind of, I feel like people run in, those who do come here good and point. run out. Yeah, good point. And when you, you had Jack Morris and Joe Gingoli on, and mm-hmm. one of the things that Jack and Joe have said is it can't just be the casino areas. It's got to be the rest of the city. And those guys know how to develop areas. So Jack in Somerville has just completely changed that city. I think you're going to see the same thing gradually happening here. I drove over with him earlier to the Hard Rock Hotel. And as we're going through areas, Jack said, we've got to build this up. We have to improve this. And those guys will do it. How will they do it? They, they have the experience. They've got, but you need got the, money. You they've need, got the financial you need capability. The to, policy guys yeah, so, and the lawmakers to be so on board. So the Jingoli companies, Edgewood Properties, very, very successful businesses. These guys are very respected in their areas. They'll get the financing. They'll get it done. Key also that any of the revenues that are made in this area that they come back into and they're reinvested. We talk about this with companies all the time. You know, you make money, do you reinvest it in the business? And you ultimately need that for longer-term growth. Are we going to definitely get that? Well, the city has said it will. The mayor seems committed. The city council seems committed. You heard Jim Allen talk about what the CRDA wasn't doing in the past, and now it seems to be doing. I think another thing, Carol, that you really have to look at when you look at something like this, people who know the bottom know when to come in. And Morris, Jingoli, Allen, they know when they've seen the bottom. And I think they all feel the bottom hit about four years ago. And they've seen it come back a little bit gradually. And now with Hard Rock, now with resorts reopening under a new brand, I think you're going to see more development. So you deal with rebranding. How do you market it, though, then? How do you get the word out? It's, What's the way? Well, well first of all, it's got, you've got to build the right experience for people, and they have to trust it. Mm-hmm. Atlantic City's had a decent campaign. The AC campaign has been fine. But I think when you see what Hard Rock will put into it, what resorts will put into it, what, what all the other properties will now put into it, because they're seeing a rising tide lifts all boats, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see more of an effort New York market, very important. Philadelphia market, very important. They're key markets. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people, but you got to get them here. Yeah. It's not a killer and, ride. I mean, you can get here. And the Atlantic City Airport is a little gem. Uh, I've heard that, you actually, from family. Across, yeah, you can walk <laughs> across the street onto your plane. But trying to get a train here is not easy. No, it's not. You have to go to Philadelphia and then come over. It's annoying. It's why yeah. I didn't do it. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> what else would you like to see come here that says to you that the development is progressing? Just got about 15, 20 I, seconds. I think more families. I think eventually you get families. You get that 20 year What do you have to bring, though, to get? What do you have to do You've to bring You've got to bring more family entertainment, and I think you're going to see Amusement that on the parks? boardwalk. What are you saying? Have you been on the pier? I haven't yet. The pier is great. So there is an amusement park. I think you talked to John Sartor about some of the things that they've done on the pier. It's really good. Listen, thank you so much. Thank you. Bob Zito, he's founder of Zito Partners, on site with us at Tangra Outlets in Atlantic City. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Bloomberg.com. You can also listen to the radio show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Bloomberg Radio.